We've tried to be very smart about how you put the plan together. Obviously had an offseason this year, so that was different. But feel like the guys have a good understanding of what we're doing on all three sides of the ball. Now's the time to compete. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Tonight is your chance to get a detailed peek behind the scenes from team headquarters in Berea. And you'll find out how the Browns are prepping for this week's game. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Good evening and welcome into the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. We are coming to you live tonight from Teams Restaurant and Bar in Middleburg Heights, sponsored, of course, by our great friends at Bud Light. Nathan Zagura alongside the three-time, three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion, Gerard Cherry and Gerard we finally get to talk about a game on Sunday, that bye week. We got to enjoy the momentum of the big win over the Cincinnati Bengals. And you look at it, you go out there, you get a self-scout in. That's what the coaches were doing, and that's what the front office was doing. What I, My question for you is, is that what the players are doing? I know you're getting away. You're taking some time to recharge your batteries. But are you also taking a look at not only your upcoming opponents, but what did I do in the first eight games? What are the tens? What are the trends that I'm showing? Maybe what are the tendencies that I'm showing that if I can use that to my advantage over the second half, I can make more plays? Yeah, you certainly should always do a self-evaluation, Nathan. And if you did not do that while on the bye, then you did yourself a great disservice because ultimately it's a performance-based business. And if you're not evaluating yourself, and if you're not figuring out how to use that free time to concentrate and focus on certain things that you're not doing at the highest of levels, then you're kidding yourself one, and you're not serious about winning. So you have to have the mentality that, yes, I'm on a buy, and do not completely escape from the idea that you're playing football. Work out a little bit. Study a little bit. Do some technical things for a little bit. Obviously, don't wear yourself out because the whole point is to get some rest, but you cannot escape it. So hopefully, majority of the guys also did this, a mental break, if you will, in which in that mental break, what you're doing is saying, okay, how do I get to that next step? How do I put myself in a place to where I can contribute more to this football team's efforts in winning football games and then take that individual effort and meet together with the collective, and next thing you know, you're playing winning football. Like coming from your standpoint, your perspective as a defensive back, right, if you know there are certain things that you're struggling with, that's going to be attacked. That's what exactly. the NFL is. Let's attack their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Let's avoid their strengths. Let's accentuate our strengths. And, again, attack their weaknesses. So as a player, and I had a, I had a great chance to talk earlier this week with Amari Cooper. He is so dedicated not only to studying his opponent but to studying himself. Right. How do I run this route? All right, how can I change it up? I don't want to run the route the same way, the same time, against the same cornerback. So I know what they see from me. This way I can change it up in a critical moment and get an advantage. How much of that nuance is really what this game is about? It's everything because everyone's a great athlete, right? Yep. Everyone has physical ability. What separates the haves from the have-have-nots is this idea of mentally, where are you? Because on a mental level, if you can take it to a place where it's now you're aligning that physical ability with cognitive ability and you're outthinking in the sense of not over-evaluating and analyzing things because analysis by paralysis is very true. But the idea that you're out there playing a smart caliber of football also integrated with your athletic gifts. And if you get to that place, that's when you see sheer domination on a whole other level. Now, in some cases on the offense, a coach can scheme you into that. But say you are a technician like Amari is to where you're working constantly on your craft, if you will, 
and you understand, okay, if, if I give him that little, little bit of a nuance with my shoulder or with my foot placement, he's going to fall for that. And I also know that I can come crisper and cleaner off my break from doing little things like that. Then, yes, you utilize those things. Okay, now I see this defensive front. I know what's going to take place here. Okay, we won't have that much time with the football. Yep. Vice versa on the defensive side. Okay, they're in this alignment. This is what they normally do from a tendency standpoint. Okay, this guy is playing way inside. He's more unlikely going to try to work to get outside because he's getting himself ruled. When you start thinking on those levels, yep. it actually makes the game easier for you. If you watch, like, the greats, they'll tell you. They get to a place mentally where they just see things and it all slows down. Yeah, that's exactly the way Joe Thomas played left tackle at such a high level for the entirety of his career was the marriage of great and unique physical gifts, but also a relentless dedication to getting every possible piece of information and thus every possible advantage over his opponent. On to the Miami Dolphins. You're a defensive back this week. I imagine, yes, you took a mental break. Yes, you did a little scouting yourself, but you also probably watched a lot of this Miami Dolphins team and said, oh, my goodness. They are led, of course, to a tongue of Iloa, the quarterback. He leads the NFL in yards per attempt and quarterback rating. He is unbelievable this year. 9.2 yards per attempt, 13.1 yards per completion, 116 rating. By the way, only six quarterbacks have ever done that. Nine yards in attempt and 115 rating in the first nine games of a season. All of them went on to win the MVP. Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Rodgers, Peyton, Dan Marino, two of the six. Will he win MVP? We'll see. Because it might be his receiver, Tyree Kill, on pace to set the record for most receiving yards in a season. To be the first person to go over 2,000. And his running buddy, Jalen Waddell, not too bad either. He's fifth in the NFL, Gerard with 812 yards of his own. How do you defend this team that gets the ball out quick, that attacks the middle of the field, has guys who are absolute burners? By the way, receptions of 15 or more yards. Tyreek Hill, 30, first in the NFL. Waddle, 22, second in the NFL. And there are three games to a missed. Right. How do you deal with this, and, and what do you see when you watch this Miami team? Well, first and foremost, from a defensive standpoint, we have to duplicate what we did versus the Bengals. Very similar offensive mindset that they want to pass first, get the ball out because the offensive line simply is not holding up their end of the bargain. And they understand what we bring to the table from a pass rush standpoint. So you already know that they're going to have the mentality, okay, get the ball out. And when Miles is not there, let's take our shots. And every now and then there will max protect and say we'll take our yep. chances with Tariq as well as Jalen Waddle. But with that being said, Nathan, from a defensive back standpoint, your mentality has to be, I'm not letting anyone get behind me. I'm not falling for the double moves. I'm not letting the speed factor get me off place in any stretch of imagination because, simply put, I believe that my pass rush will ultimately get there, but I'm not going to jump or bite on the first thing that I see. And on top of that, when they do have these short passes, short passes, short passes, if you tackle the way that we tackled against yes. the Bengals, yep. and if you play the run the way we played against the Bengals, then you have a great situation because I believe our defense matches up extremely well with this offense because we have guys that can cover. we got guys that can run with them. Now, obviously, what Waddle and Hill are doing, it's hard to find a combination as lethal from a speed yeah. and skill standpoint to ever have played in the NFL. And, and think about that. No, I, I agree with you. We've been talking about it all week on Browns Daily. I don't – I haven't, we haven't even, gotten I haven't identified else. it yet. I can tell you one guy who's extremely fast and another guy like a – I can tell you a like possession a, guy. a James Jet Tim Brown situation. Exactly. Where a guy is extremely fast and a guy is extremely skilled. Yeah. But never have we really had a situation where the guys are both extremely skilled and, and extremely, extremely fast. fast. So this is a brand-new paradigm that they've introduced into the mix and why they're so successful. But ultimately, a pass rush shuts all that down.
Well, that's ultimately that's going to be the key. Hill and Waddle, they have 1,918 yards, the most through nine games for any duo since the 1961 Houston Oilers. They're on pace for 3,619 yards combined, which would be the NFL record for a duo held by Herman Moore and Brett Perriman wow. of the Lions, the Lions in 1995, 3,174 yards. So they are unbelievable. Two has been great on third down, has the best rating on third down since 1991. 147 is his quarterback rating on third down. So you got to get these guys into third down, but you got to get them into third and longs. What they do so well is get first downs on first and second down or be in those third and shorts, and then they can use that RPO game where you don't know if they're running it, they're passing it, and they take advantage of what you do defensively. And think about this, Nathan, because I know you've seen it sooner the game. They do all that, and Tua underthrows at least three or four balls a game. If they had Mahomes or somebody running this offense right now, like Tyreek Hill might have 2,000 yards right now. He right. has... He's averaging 122 a game, and he's averaging, I think it's something like 45 yards in interferences a game as well because he gets behind him and they throw it short. Right. It's crazy. Exactly. So, again, when I emphasize this idea of do not let him get behind you, at the same time, Tua may – he doesn't have the greatest of arms from a strength standpoint because he constantly underthrows him. So yep. the numbers don't even give you a true indication of how explosive these guys really truly are. It's wild, and boy, are they explosive. They made a trade at the trade deadline, two of them. One to get Bradley Chubb on defense, but uh -huh. I want to talk about on offense, Jeff Wilson, he knows this system. He comes in the first right. week, outsnaps Mostert, nine carries, 51 yards, three catches for 21 and a touchdown. He averaged, is averaging a career-high 5.1 yards per carry this year. I think he brings a running element to this team that has been lacking. If there's any criticism of their offense so far, they haven't been able to run it well, but why would you need to when you're passing it as well as they are? Exactly, but that is an acknowledgement that, okay, we may have to go to Buffalo. We may have to go to Kansas City. And what do they have that they don't have at Miami unless a hurricane is coming through? Inclement weather. Yep. So that's an acknowledgement that at some point you need to have a run game established just in case, say, Hill has a slow day or Waddle is not able to get the job done or the quarterback and center exchange just isn't working. It was a hard place to really think of a time where that duo won't be dynamic. But, yes, you need a running game and a balanced attack. Just to think about what they can do from a play-action pass standpoint if they're able to establish the run. That's why it's critical, again, for us, Nathan. If we, again, and I think you agree with me, can duplicate what we did against the Bengals. Absolutely. You can win on defense against this team. Three things, right? One is pressure. We were able to get yes. those sacks. The second is if you don't get home, get your hands up because the ball's coming out quick. We saw a tipped ball last yes. week lead to that interception on the opening drive. And then the third thing is tackle. They're going to complete passes. You have to. They are going to get in space with dynamic playmakers. We need to tackle to high level like Sione Takitaki and the guys did one week ago. If there is a weakness, maybe it's a little bit on this offensive line. Their right tackle has been a problem spot all season long because Austin Jackson's been out since week one. They've been very good at center, right guard, and left tackle, but the left guard had to make a start last week because Liam Eichenberg is on IR with an MCL, an undrafted free agent from a year ago, Robert Jones. So hopefully maybe we can dial some up on the interior formationally to get him in some one-on-ones, and maybe that's right. how you get to two. And, heck, if you can pull that caper off in the likeness of Aaron Donald from someone from the interior, easier, quicker path, if yep. you will. So that Absolutely. will be excellent. But the key is going to have to be pass rush, pass rush. Because if you allow Tua and we drop a bunch of guys out into coverage, at some point they're going to outrun what we're dropping. We understand that. But the, I guess the counter to that, Nathan, yep. is the fact that, again, 
Tua's arm is not the greatest. So if him throwing 50, 60-yard bombs generally doesn't take place, but that 30 to 40 range, he could kill you. He could kill you in 10, 10 plus in the air. He's number one in, in 10 plus, 20 plus, and Waddle and Hill are the only players in the league with 600 yards on targets and more than 10 yards in the air. Here's your point on pressure. From a clean pocket, 75% completions, 10 yards in attempt, 14 touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 124. Under pressure, that drops to 53% and a rating of 84. So a 40-point drop there, but he's only been pressured 14.7, lowest rate in the NFL. A lot of that's because he gets the ball out quickly, exactly. but that's where the tip balls come in. We've got to be cognizant of that at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so, again, we're employing that our you're going to have to play complementary defense. And what does that mean? That means a defensive line. First and foremost, up front, you have to get pressure. And if you're not getting pressure, become, as you like to say, Karch Karai. Start right. playing some volleyball. Because if you don't do that, again, Tua has shown that he can pick you apart with the intermediate routes. And let's not be fooled by it, ladies and gentlemen. The league has set it up so that offenses can feast yes. on the intermediate route. And this team certainly does that. But if you have that defensive line getting the pressure and putting them under duress, along with the linebackers, here's another thing we don't really talk enough about. It's going to be big. You're going to have to make sure if you have blitz pill responsibility, you get your man. Yep. If you have a zone depth responsibility, you get in that area because just letting him throw over the top of you, and let a guy like Hill or Waddle run free will get you beat all day. And they love to bend right behind the dropping linebackers, and two is very exactly. accurate on those throws. So this sounds bleak. Yes, they've won three in a row. Yes, they are 6-0 and in games. Tua has started and finished. In fact, in his However, last 14 that he has started, he is 13-1 and if he starts and finishes the game. Tua Tungavailoa, incredible. But they are not good on defense. This no. is a team, and that's why they went out to get Bradley Chubb. The back end of this defense is vulnerable. You look at where they rank defensively, and for them, it is not pretty. 29th in turnovers, 29th in the red zone, 23rd overall, 25th in scoring, 23rd against the pass, 27th on third downs. The Browns absolutely can take advantage of this team on defense, and we saw it last week, two weeks ago. Detroit puts up 27. Last week, Chicago, 32. Not exactly barn burner offenses. The Browns have an opportunity with the way Jacoby Brissett's been playing, I think, to throw the ball effectively on this Miami Dolphins team, Gerard. Exactly, and that's the part that gives me encouragement that our offenses are better than the ones that you just mentioned from a completion standpoint and just what we bring to the table. The Bears, granted, Phil's had a field day, as I love to say, on the Dolphins, but at the same time, Nick Chubb is capable of duplicating an even better performance because he essentially is a better runner. Yep. So with that in mind, and then what Jacoby and what Cooper can do, as well as Howard has not been the shutdown corner that not we anticipate him to be. Wild. So there's going to be opportunities there as well. So I'm excited about this. I can see the potential for a shootout, but because I believe our defense is better, we're in a scenario as long as the special teams comes to play and do their part as far as flip the field yep. and not allowing Hill, for example, on punt returns to get busy, then we are in a great place, and we match up extremely well against this football team. I think you're right. You're going to study that Pittsburgh game. They held them to 16 points. You're going to study the Buffalo game where they didn't have any starters in their secondary and held them to 21. That will be the plan for this defense. And you mentioned offensively, Jacoby's been great, Nick Chubb, Amari, and even Donovan Peoples-Jones. Some quick injury updates. That's what you use the bye week for to get healthy. David Ajoku and JOK still on the side there. Both will be game time decisions, iffy, I would say at best. But back at practice, Denzel Ward, he will play, and you need him against this pass attack. Wyatt Teller back at practice, along with Miles, Clowney, Joel, and Amari Cooper. So the Browns getting healthy at the right time. Three more games until Deshaun Watson returns. Fans, mark your calendars for face-off on the lake presented by Meyer, the first major
Badger outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium on February the 18th. The Ohio State Buckeyes host the Michigan Wolverines at First Energy. For a limited time, purchase four tickets for $50 in the mezzanine level. Wow, what a deal. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com. That's four tickets for 50 bucks in the mezzanine level. Firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. When we come back, we talk with the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. You are listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show live from teens on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. For me, I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show, live from teams all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Joined now by the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Coach, good to see you again. How was the bye week for you, and and what did you get into personally and then professionally to to get going for the second half of this season? Yeah, bye week was very productive uh, for our football team. You know, the players had them in here for some meetings and, and workouts, but then really sent them on their way and, and let those guys recharge. And then a lot of guys, uh, as you can imagine, are trying to get healthy. So that training room was, was busy this weekend, this past weekend, uh, as guys fight to get back uh, to, to playing this week versus Miami. So we were busy. And then as coaches, we took a couple of days over the weekend. And, and again, same thing. When you're away from this building, you got to make sure that's where you are and, and be where your feet are and, and you know catch up on some family time. Was it nice to have the bye this time like you did back in 2020 where you really have a half of a season to evaluate and a half of a season to prepare for? Yeah, I think in in most ways that's probably the best spot for the bye right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so to take the break and, and get ready for the second season. Uh, you know, we've been around where you've had it early and, and then you really – then the next thing you do is you look for where your Thursday night game is because that's where your next uh, opportunity to take a breath is. So I think it was good for us because, to your point, it does give you – uh, a large sample size, so it gives you a bunch of games that you can really look at and and really look long and hard about what you do well and what you don't do well. Was there anything that st- that surprised you, maybe a particular tendency for you as a play caller that you weren't aware of in the moments that, that surprised you looking back? Not really, and I only say that because you really do do self-scout week to week, okay. and I, with tendencies, particularly to play calling, Tendencies are good as long as you know them because uh, then you can exploit them. So there, there are things that, that we absolutely know we have a tendency to do, and that's where you have the next play that hopefully goes against that tendency. And then ultimately, when you look at those tendencies, is the defense changing for when we're talking about our offense now, is the defense changing how they play based on the tendencies? Sometimes the answer is no. Uh, so there's maybe not a reason to change if things are working uh, for that said play. All right, well, things are working for Jacoby Brissett. Ten incompletions the last two games. Career high, 133.7 rating last week, or last game, I should say, two weeks ago, against the Bengals. What's kind of started to click in the passing game? Because it's not just the short stuff now. We're hitting the vertical balls with great effectiveness. Yeah, I think it's so week to week in terms of the coverages that you're seeing and and those type of things. So I thought in this last game, he saw it really clearly. Uh, We were able to uh, take advantage of a couple looks there with some deep balls. Uh, The one at the end of the towards the end of the game to Amari was just a great individual effort by him and uh, Amari. But I I think with Jacoby, what, what I always come back to is he's a pros pro. He studies so hard during the week that when he gets into those games, when he sees it clearly, 
Uh, he's an accurate passer. He's, he's got great size. He can deliver to all areas of the field. So when he's seen it clearly, uh, you really trust him to get through his progressions. And I think that's what, when we're operating at a high level, uh, I think that's what it looks like. I think he's getting through his progressions. Uh, when you can get the first guy open, that's great. If you can't, he moves on and, and finds a completion somewhere else. I don't know about you, but number four total offense, number seven scoring offense feels like operating at a high level. And he did that. As did Amari Cooper. He scored every game at home, over 500 yards, five touchdowns for the season, one of nine players in the league to hit those numbers. As a play caller, when you go against a team like Cincinnati, they had the injuries in the secondary. They lost Eli Apple. Awuzie goes down. You're sending guys in motion. You're like, they're playing man again with the guy who just couldn't, quite frankly, hang with Amari Cooper. Is it hard to not turn it into Madden and be like, we're just going to go to him? And in ways we did. You know, We threw right at the goal line. We had one-on-one touchdown. Is that is that kind of a fun thing for you? And how do you kind of balance, you know, not saying Let's, every single time? No, absolutely. I mean, you're trying to be efficient in, in everything you do. And then you're trying to make sure you call the game that's called for. So in that game, you know, I, I really have to tip our cap to our defense first. I think our defense played so well early that that game was – Zero zero for longer than it maybe uh, could have been. Sure. Um, so that allowed us to go get the lead and then tack the field goal on at the end and take a lead into halftime. But uh, so our defense really did a nice job. And then offensively, to your point, I think you're able to be efficient. You want to be balanced enough in this game where you can go try to exploit weaknesses. And, and sometimes teams have injuries and, and you want to exploit it. Sometimes it's in the run game when teams maybe are lighter up front because a defensive tackle uh, is out. Or it can be a corner is out and you want to attack those guys. In that particular game last week, it was, well, the, the score was what it was and, and it really turned into a game where we were trying to be efficient in what we were doing but not necessarily throw it uh, you know, uh, every down. And then they had a safety who hadn't played much at all, covering him one-on-one. Well, I'll take 50 yards here. No big deal. We enjoy that. You mentioned coverage dictates things. Well, this is a team, the middle of the field is going to be closed quite a bit in this game. That's the way they line up. One and three are their top two coverages that they play. Not a whole lot of quarters. Last in the league in that. But they are second most in cover zero, all-out blitzes. And last game against Cincinnati, we did have one issue with that. So, yeah, imagine we're going to see that from this Miami football team. One, how do you try to combat that? And and what are kind of the answers to the test against a team that's going to close the middle of the field but also bring a lot of pressure, 37% blitz rate, 41% on passes, top five in the league? Yeah, it's it's interesting because week to week you're always trying to put game plans together to attack defenses. And and this one is a unique uh, defense. I think it's really, really well coached. Uh, Josh Boer is somebody that I have a ton of respect for and, and what they've been able to do down there. And and they do play a unique brand. They're, like you mentioned, they have play that middle field close. They're playing a lot of one-high safety looks on first and second down. They do show that one high, and then they can get out of it to a cover two, uh, which presents its own sort of issues. And then sure. you have to be ready for cover zero, and it really can come at any point uh, in the game, any part of the field. Uh, they, that's really been a calling card for what they've done. You've watched them play Baltimore the last couple of uh, years you've seen how they play Buffalo is certainly an aggressive mindset. So when you go into a game like that with us, we haven't played this team, so you have to be ready for the unexpected. You really have to be ready for it to be a all-out game. It could be an all-coverage game. Really, we got to see what their plan is, and then conversely, you know, we have to uh, counter with whatever we decide to do, whether it's uh, you know different personnel groupings, different play types, you name it. Uh, so that's really the, the, the chess match of these games is us going down there, making sure that we're us and, and doing the things that we do well, but ultimately ready to pivot based on what they do. Because when you face a team they haven't faced in a while, uh, you really have to be ready for anything. 
Why are they in base as much as they are? 40% second highest in the league. And that obviously changes a lot of things for us, right? Sometimes we match that with our you know, two tight ends, say, okay, let's go power on power. But we've done a lot of great running this year out of 11. And so is that one where we see, okay, how are they going to respond to our 11? Yeah, I think, yeah, same idea. We'll get out, find out early in the game, you know, what their plan is. Uh, part of it may be who their players are in base and who their players are in their sub that they may they may be more comfortable playing you know, a linebacker uh, more on the field. So it really comes down to personnel uh, more than anything. All right, let's flip it around because offensively, boy, do they have some personnel. Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, both top five in the league. Tyreek Hill on pace to break the receiving record. They're well on their way to breaking the record for the most receiving yards by a duo. And here's Tua leading the league in rating, leading the league in touchdown percentage, leading the league in yards per attempt, yards per completion, air yards per attempt. It's wild when you watch them. It almost feels like a video game at times, and they crush the middle of the field. How are they doing it so effectively, and how do you slow them down for a defense that great performances from Greg and MJ in that game, Miles, has been really good the last two games? Yeah, I think you said it. They're slowing them down. I don't think this offense is, is very prolific. Uh, nobody has stopped them. Nobody's gone out and, and just played so well that they, you stopped them. So you got to go down there and, and play your defense and, and play your defenses that you feel give you a chance to slow them down. Uh, you mentioned they, they really do a nice job working in the middle of the field. Obviously, the quarterback's playing at, at a very, very high level. Uh, he gets the ball out of his hand. I think he makes good decisions. He's accurate. So I have a ton of respect for him and what they're doing. The playmakers on the outside, like you, you talked about. So it's a challenge. I don't think as you watch the games that they've played this year, there's not one thing that will take this offense away. Uh, now we need to lean into the things that we feel that can slow them down and then ultimately just play good defense, uh, play, play solid defense, work to try to get a takeaway or, or two or three. You know, Obviously that changes games as well, but uh, you really have to go in with the mindset that you have to play really sound defense, tackle, not let the ball go over your head, uh, and then then play a complimentary football game because it's, it's, uh, it's not just going to be how our defense plays against this offense. It's really going to be how our team plays against their team. How important are first and second down? And, and what I mean by that is getting them in third and obvious passing, drop-back passing situations because they're great off of play action and they're great in the RPO game. 8.7 yards per attempt, that's the highest in the NFL for Tua on those RPOs. So are, are those downs, and third down's the money down, but are those downs take on more importance when you're playing a team that's been as good at getting the ball down the field early it does but again easier said than done sure you'd love to get everybody in the third and long uh because you're right that first and ten and second and normal really opens up their playbook they really can do uh anything and that's all the offenses around the league want to live in those down and distances so it does go back to being sound um doesn't mean you're going to play one coverage the whole game it might but if you're rolling through your coverages as long as you're playing sound and guys are making those winning those one-on-one matchups uh that gives you a chance to slow this team down, uh, but it, it's a it's a very big challenge. I think the guys are excited about it. I think they they uh, they know. You know, I didn't have to spend a lot of time talking about this offense to them. They know that they've seen the tape. They've they know what these guys are capable of. You reminded them that so far under your uh, tenure, two and zero coming off the bye week. Let's make it three and zero down in Miami. Yeah, you know, it's really for me. It's getting off that bye week is about getting healthy and give you a little bit extra time to prepare. Uh, but this challenge is unique. To, I, I have no idea who the previous games were coming off by. No clue. Baltimore and Houston. Houston first year, Baltimore second year. Well, you know what I don't right. know. But I know this. I know that this challenge, trying to go 1-0 in Miami, is, is unique to this moment. That's right. Coach, best of luck. Thanks for the time and the insight.
Great. Thanks, Nathan. All right. We'll be back with more of the Kevin Stefanski Show live from teams all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. This is Browns cornerback Denzel Ward. This is Browns wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is Joel Batonio, and you're listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. All right, welcome back to Teams. We are live for the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Nathan Zagura. And Gerard Cherry in a second will be joined by Harrison Bryant, the Browns tight end. But if you want to be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL, join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. As we mentioned, Browns tight end Harrison Bryant out here with us at Teams. He joins the show now. Harrison, listen to the applause. Applauso. Yes, the audience going nuts. How was the bye week for you, and how much nicer is it when you have those two weeks coming off of a great win like you guys had against the Bengals? Yeah, we had a, a huge win Monday night against the Bengals, uh, and then had some nice rest and relaxation to uh, you know decompress and just get ready for the next half of the season, um, and you know use it to get a little early preparation for the Dolphins, which are you know extremely talented team coming up. And Harrison, Nathan and I had this discussion in regards to, from a player's perspective, the different things that you could do to take advantage of a bye. For you, was it an opportunity to study more film, to do some more technical things, or just simply sit back, relax, rest, and do nothing at all? How did you approach it? For me, mostly it was, uh, you know, just a time to decompress. Uh, what, eight weeks, nine weeks into the season? This Nine weeks is a long time in the NFL season, so I used it a lot to decompress and relax. Uh, but at the same time, I used it one, once or twice during the bye week. I was able to, uh, you know, study, look back on some of the games and just see what I can improve on throughout the rest of the year and, you know, really focus on that. Now, you're a veteran now. You've been at this for a while. Do you have an appreciation now for what it means to get a bye in the middle of the season as opposed to the first early on first stages of it? Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's a big difference right in the middle because last year we had it, what, week 13? 13, 13 um, yeah. You know, in 12 weeks, 13 weeks is a, a long time. But uh, I think this one was perfect. It was right in the middle. You know, obviously we had some guys that, that are injured that we needed back. And uh, I think it has it, it worked well for us so far. We had some guys back at practice. So we'll, we'll see what happens now. When you said you looked at some things you wanted to work on, what, what are the things that jumped out to you over the first eight games that you said, okay, here's where I'm doing well, here's what I want to get better at? Uh, I, I would just say, you know, it always comes down to the fundamentals, uh, footwork, hand placement, um, and, and just a little the intricacies of running routes against what type of defense, what type of player. It's just so so many small things that make such a big difference in a game and, and a performance for not only yourself personally but as the whole team. Like, you know how it comes down. One play can win or lose the game. Uh, so it, it just it's really the small things that it comes down to. And, Harrison, we heard so many guys talk about leading up to the Bengals game, that the practices were much better. Guys were intense, and you could feel a sense a difference about it. What was your perception of what took place leading into the Bengals game? Do you feel that coming off the bye, you guys have that same level of intensity and paying attention to detail? Yeah, actually, Coach Stefanski, uh, we kind of talked about it. We, we, were, we were a desperate team, um, you know, coming off three losses. And, and, you know, desperate teams usually, like, play harder, practice harder, prepare harder, and, 
you know, we did that and, and had great practices and then came out and got a huge win. So, you know, we're, we're still a desperate team. We're 3-5 and five right now, so we're trying to have that same intensity, um, you know, throughout the practices this week and, and leading into this game too. For you personally, how do your responsibilities change? You know, David was out against the Bengals, and we'll see if he's going to be able to come back for this game against Miami. But how did that change for you? Not only your responsibilities on game day, but the responsibility in terms of your preparation, knowing that you were going to be out there a lot more and that playing tight end in this offense doesn't mean just catching the football. In fact, sometimes it means focusing a lot on blocking for Nick Chubb in this great ground game. Yeah, for me personally, uh, I don't really think my preparation has changed much because I've always known, you know, one play I could be in for the whole game because, sure. you know, Dave goes down uh, one play I could I could be in. And also just in the offense, Coach Stefanski runs, we run a lot of 12 and 13. So, yep. you know, every week is, is preparing to play 40, 40, 50 snaps a game, um, depending on what the scheme is of 12 or 13 personnel. So, um, but obviously when, when Dave's not out, uh, not out there on the field, it's, it's a different role. Um, asked to do a little bit more of pass protection and, little more stuff in the run game and and i take pride in that and trying to do the best i can and you know whatever i can do to help the team win that's what i'm gonna go out there and do how, what was the reaction in the film room when you guys watched james hudson down at the goal line what was how many times was that played and, and were people going nuts yeah we uh in the offensive film room uh we were meeting we watched two or three drives of the game before we split up and uh coach fancy was like hey can you uh play one play for me and he called that one out and you know, everyone was juicing there. It was uh, it was an extremely violent hit. What was better, the block itself or his jubilation and celebration after? Uh, we, we all got a good laugh out of the celebration because Jacoby, <laughs> Jacoby was going to celebrate with Nick, but once he saw what James did, he went and celebrated with him, which was the best part of the play. So everyone was extremely excited for him just to, you know, make a, make a big block and it was a block that we had talked about during the week, like, hey, yeah. this, you got to get it done. Like, and he went out there and, and did more than that. Crushed yeah. him. Yeah. He certainly did crush him. It was a beautiful play. Harrison, you have an opportunity to go back to the sunny state of Florida. What is that going to be like for you? Because you're going to be in an area where you played a lot of football and did a great job while in college. So do you have a lot of people coming to the game? Is there something about the water in Florida that causes you to play a better brand of football? Um. I, I definitely think there'll be some people showing up that I went to college with and stuff. Uh -huh. uh, I'm actually uh, a little worried about the heat, though. Uh, being up in Ohio for a while, it's, uh, it's different. Back then, I could play like 90 snaps a game and not even get tired. But, you know, just really focusing on preparing my body for that. Um, hopefully playing a lot of snaps. But, uh, you know, it's, it, I had a great career down there. So, I mean, hopefully it'll... Something about Florida will continue this weekend. Now, do you guys still, because I know when I was playing, I'd borrow tickets from teammates. Like, hey, man, you got anybody to come to the game? Are you guys still able to do that? Um, yeah, we are, but I, I didn't have to do that this week. Uh, that was more of a, a Falcons week, just being an hour from my home uh -huh. when we played in Atlanta. So there was, I think in Atlanta, like 30 people showed up. So it, it was awesome. That is awesome. Going back to Florida where you're the Mackey Award winner, best tight end in the nation, no Big deal there. When you put on the tape, though, you watch this Dolphins team. They're going to close the middle of the field the majority of the time. They're going to bring a lot of pressure. They're not afraid to go cover zero, all-out blitz. Uh, what did you see, and how can we kind of attack this team, and especially from your position, the tight end position? Yeah, um, just first off, though, their their defense, they have some extremely talented dudes. They, you know, brought in Bradley Chubb. Uh, their, their, their front seven is Phillips, extremely talented. Melvin Phillips, Melvin yep. Ingram, dudes that we'll be matched up with in the yep. tight end room. Uh, I think it's one of the best fronts that we've gone against so far and, and probably will go against this season. So 
you know, we're just, we're just really trying to prepare um, in terms of a personnel standpoint, but also, like you said, their scheme. They'll, they'll bring zero pressure. We've got to be able to protect that, get the ball out in time. Um, but, but it's just a lot of preparation going into it in terms of uh, physically and mentally, and, and I think the coaching staff so far has done a great job, and we're just looking to continue that throughout the week. Well, we certainly hope to see the team continue its success. You continue your success as well, Harrison. Thanks for being with us. Yep, thanks. All right, that is Browns tight end Harrison Bryant joining us here live at Teams. When we come back, we're going to go around the league. This is the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea Tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music, food, and drink options, along with areas for social socializing. The tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry here. It is the Kevin Stefanski Show live from teams presented by Bud Light tonight. All along the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network, and Gerard, it's time to go around the league. Gibbe has provided us the following MVP candidates at the halfway point. You can rank them, but also, is there anybody that's not on this list that should be? My answer to that is yes, but here he's got Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. All right, well, let's get to the nitty-gritty. Who should be on this list that's not on this list for you, my man? Tyreek Hill. Okay. And Tua. The guy hasn't <laughs> lost. The guy's doing things that only MVPs do. you got to put him on the list. Now he's not going to get my vote, but he's got to be on the list. Yeah, I can re- actually respect that, especially what Hill's doing, because he may fool around and go over 2,000 yards at the pace that he's going. And obviously yeah. the quarterback responsible for that, if it's going to be a record, should obviously get some consideration as well. Well, and like we said earlier, what he's doing is legitimately historic. He is on a pace right now that only three quarterbacks in the league have ever been on, and all of them won the MVP. So there you go. Yeah, but from a ranking standpoint, Nathan, if we go from one to five, out the gate, you got to put Josh Allen at number one. And we already see that if he's not on his A game, the Bills are not the same football team, and they're one yep. of the best teams in the league. At number two, I have to go with Jalen Hurts, and he's like 1B for me at, at this point in time in that I believe Philadelphia is the more complete football team that all three phases complement each other yep. the best, hence their record. Yep. But I would still put Josh ahead of Jalen. And then if I'm going to go third, this is where it gets interesting because this guy is definitely going to be the comeback player of the century. Yeah. I'm talking about Geno Smith, but ultimately he'll get, Pat Mahomes will get the nod over him. So I'm going to say Pat Mahomes, then Geno Smith, and rounding out with Lamar Jackson as my fifth choice. I'm with you on that. Uh, The only one I think it's hard for me to not have Mahomes higher. They got rid of Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is doing what he is doing, and all Pat Mahomes has done is go 66.2% completions right on what he's always in. Right. He leads the league in passing yards, 2,605. He's on pace to have the biggest passing season of his career without Tyreek Hill. And he leads the league with 21 touchdowns passing already. Quarterback rating is 100 and where is it? 104. And he's averaging 325 yards a game. That leads the league also. 
He's, I mean, it's incredible what he's done. It's without Tyreek Hill. It's incredible what Tyreek Hill's doing without Pat Mahomes. Right. These are two sublime talents. I love that you mentioned Jalen Hurts, though. I think that he and his improvement and what they've done in Philly has been awesome to watch. When we come back, we're going to go a little stock up, step up. But if you're married, you know the dangers of watching football without getting other important stuff done around the house first. The honey-do list. The same is true with gambling. Not paying your bills before you gamble can lead to real trouble. So keep your priorities straight and get more tips like this at KeepItFunOhio.com. Stock up, step up as we wrap it up live from teams. It's the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. For me, I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Browns fans, get into First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with express access presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, each game you use express access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Browns autographed merchandise. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry, we're live from teams. It's the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. And Gerard, time for stock up, step up. Whose stock is up for you going into Miami? Whose stock is up for me is really simple. Anyone with the Browns offensive line stock is up. Because I'm hoping and praying, Nathan, that they bring out that eight lineman offensive set. Now, granted, it's it. going to be seen as tight ends. And they'll give you the numbers of the guys who are eligible. But if you can bring that back on the football field, I love what that represents. And there's nothing wrong with playing some smash mouth football, even when you're going against an explosive offense like the Miami Dolphins. So just to set the tone of, hey, we came here to play a physical brand of football. So I love what our offensive line is doing. And on top of that, Harrison alluded to it. They have a talented front for the Dolphins. It's just they don't do anything from a production standpoint. And you don't want this to be the week in which they do what? Something. Yeah, absolutely not. And for the Browns, you know, looking at the quarterback position, Jacoby Brissett was only sacked five times in the first five games, 11 times in the last three. They brought in Chubb. They got Jalen Phillips. You don't want them to get hot there. For me, stock up Sione Takitaki. I love what he did Uh against the Bengals. 13 tackles to lead this football team. He was playing some of the mic, playing some of the will, and even the sub packages. And I thought he did a great job next to Deion Jones. And we're not sure if we'll have Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa back in this one. All right, who has to step up for you against this Miami team? Uh, I'm going to give the, and you're right, Taki Taki did a phenomenal job, but I'm going to say the defensive unit, period. You're going to have to duplicate what you did against the Bengals. You're going to have to be in the right gap assignments, tackle, and not a situation where it's run after catch or after contact, but flat out, I hit you, you go down. And if you do that, and don't allow these guys to get loose and run down the football free, using that great agility and athletic ability that they possess, you stand a great chance if you can just limit them to just catching the football. Because they do so much damage once they catch it. They are electric, and I'm kind of in the same vein. But I'm going to say Denzel Ward. We haven't seen you in a few weeks. Oh, man, the man comes off the men, and you put him back on the hot spot. I'm not putting him on the hot spot, (laughs) but we need him. And we need him to come back and step up. And quite frankly... MJ Emerson has played really He's well. Nothing but stepped up. And so has Greg Newsom. So mm-hmm. Denzel's got to come back in and maintain that high level of play that made him for one time the highest paid cornerback in the NFL this offseason. So it's the Browns and it is the Dolphins. Dolphins six and three. The Browns three and five. The Dolphins have won three in a row. The Browns finally got on the winning spot on Monday night on Halloween against the Bengals, 32-13. to We'll have full coverage for you of the game starting on the radio at 9 a.m. this Sunday 
all along the radio network. For our engineer, Andy Roth, our producer, Meredith Kane, and our executive producer, Jason Gibbs. Get ready. Sunday, the Browns, Dolphins from sunny Miami, Florida. For Gerard Cherry, I am Nathan Zagura. Big thank you to the folks from Bud Light. Big thank you to Teams for hosting us as well. You have been listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Join us next week at this time for more from the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network.